welcome to the Elevate Live podcast channel. We hope this sermon encourages and inspires you so you can go and grow to your next level. For more information about our church, please visit our website, elevate.life. Enjoy the message. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for taking your most valuable asset, and that's your time, and just gathering together in God's house. And uh, I believe that God will give you a word today. I believe uh, God... God has, God has laid some very unique things on my heart. You know, Charles Finney, uh, for those of you that know anything about church history, was, was famously known for what was called systematic theology. And what he did is he was able to take theology, Godology, God thought, thoughtfulness, and to really break that down into um, assimilable bites so that people could understand God. And that's our heart too. And so one of the things that I feel like that God has called me to be, and, 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 and it's, it's a weird thing because I'm a pastor, yes, and I'm a father and all that, but, um, but like, I'm, like, I'm like a leadershipologist. It's weird. I didn't ask for that, but everything that runs through my filter is like, it's like it, has, it has some kind of leadership thing on it to help people figure it out, figure out their life. Uh, I can remember being 11 years old, and I was sitting in the back of a, of a station wagon. Y'all remember those station wagons that the rear seat was reversed? Bring it back, baby. I won't drive it, but bring it back. Somebody will drive it. Josh would drive that. You'd drive a station wagon with a reverse seat, and I'd ride with you because you drove it. Anyway. With a woody, woody, woody's on the side, wood, uh, maybe, the, you know what I'm saying, wood paneling, yes, thank you, thank you, and so I'd, I'd ride in that, but anyway, uh, my dad went to look at this farm, and I can remember, Jason, telling my dad, I'm sitting in the back, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking out the back window as we're driving away, and I heard my dad say, we can't afford that. And I remember turning around at 11, and I said, yes, we can. You need to buy this and do whatever you have to do to get it. I'm an 11-year-old kid. You know, they just kind of all laughed at me. Today, that's where DFW Airport sits. So my whole life, there's been this wiring. It's like, so the reason I say that is because here's what I want you to know. Like, I can't tell you how long ago it was, but God gave me this systematic way to help people figure out their own philosophy of life. So, you know, I do that on a higher level as a coach and as the the masterminds and all that stuff I do. But in our church, sometimes I just got to go there a little bit. And years ago, I introduced what was called uh, Think Be Do. Thank you. And so how you think determines how you'll be as a person How you be as a person determines what you'll do as a person. So it's real simple. Your philosophy of life can be summed up in those three words. There's a way that you think. There's a way that you be. There's a way that you are based on the way that you think. And every action that you take will be based on those first two things. So your think plus your be plus your do equals what you have in life. So I've always had this picture of what I wanted in life. And then what you have to do, and this is the conflict, Chris Parker, for all of us, is like, here's what I want in life and here's what I have in life. And there's this gap, you know, 
And so I have to, if, if you're going to be a person like that wants things and that sees the future, then you have to train yourself physically. You have to train yourself uh, emotionally. You have to train yourself financially to get what you want because what you want isn't just going to happen. So, but the thing you're going to have to deal with is if you, Wally, if you want certain things, like if you want certain things, then what you have to deal with is when you're not getting those and you look at what you have in your life and you go, why, why aren't I getting what I want? Why don't I have what I want? And here's what I'm convinced of at almost 60 years of age. You got to go back to the way you think, not how somebody else thought that messed your thinking up. Not what somebody else taught, but you got to go back to the way you think. And then you got to get real with how you are as a person, how you be. And then you got to understand that every action you take, everything that you do that works and doesn't work is a result of how you think and be. And then the consequence of that, your think plus your be plus your do equals what you have. So every once in a while, I just have to, I just have to come back to that, y'all. I mean, because I, this is what's in me. Like, this is what I teach. So, so today, you're going to get a master class on this because I want to help you in your own process, wherever you are in your life. And like I said, I know there's some people that have lost your faith here. There's some people that never found your faith. Uh, there's some people, well, all of us are on a different kind of journey. We're at different levels. There's some of you that are one, you know, you're not a Christian, but you wonder what it's, what it's like. Uh, some of you are sitting here and you just want the deeper truths of God, and God's not giving it to you because you're not living the truth that you have. So, every, by the way, let me just say something. Everybody that wants more of God, God says, I'm, like, I'm wanting to wait. I'm waiting to do that, but you got to, like, you got to do what you've already, you got to do the revelation you already got. So that's the, church, that's the churches I grew up in. Like, people just, oh, just want, we just want more of God. You're not going to get more of God. No, we do. We really want more of God. No, because you're not applying what God's already given you. You're not changing. You're not growing. You're stuck. You're stuck in what? Your own think, be, do. So your think, be, do, how you think, be, and do is either getting you, what you more of what you want or it's getting you further away from what you want. And some people can never figure that out. They can't reconcile it. So I'm going to teach you today. I started last week, and I'm going to touch on this today. I also want to say I'm going to be in the, in the um, um, lobby one more weekend. This is the first time ever we've just done all my books together, and we're discounting everything, because I want this in your hands. Again, the greatest bathroom book in Jesus' name, um, Leadershipology, get, get rid of the bad stuff. It's short, it's sweet, get some good stuff in before you leave the restroom. And then my mamaw's Tenants for Life, these are, this is told in a story form, in a John Gordon form of just a storytelling, like the Energy Bus and books like that. This, that's the kind of book that it is. It's written as a story, but it's a true story about my mamaw. It's my first life coach. Didn't know to call her that then. My Your Divine Fingerprint, which is my Magnus. What's it called, Josh? Magnum Opus, Magnum opus in my life. This is, this is everything I'm going to teach today is here. And then we have the whole, the whole deal that normally goes for $198. Uh, it's 50% off, and we're doing that for you on this, on this weekend. So this is the last weekend you get these. And I want to put it in your hand. What's funny is... I didn't even know they did this. Uh, a few years ago, they put all my poems that I'd written for messages, because sometimes I'm, I write poems and stuff for messages, and they put them all in one little, little deal here. So if you like this, if you like poems, and poems speak to you, I think you'll enjoy that. So all that to say that I'm going to be out there in just a minute to sign that, but let me get to this. Everybody say, think, be, do. 
So, so yes, if, if I were to walk up to you and I were to say, Greg, what is your philosophy of life? You say, well, I love God. No, 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 no. What's your philosophy of life? It's like, tell me how you think. Tell me how you are as a person. Tell me what you're doing right now. That's your philosophy. So it either works for you or it doesn't work for you. The more intentional we get about it, the more we choose to live a life by design rather than by default. Most people, no matter how, quote, unquote, successful they seem to be, they're not living life by design. They're living life by default. So let me just, let me just touch on a few things for you here, and this is for everybody. And I want to talk about your think, be, do just for a second. And I want to challenge you. I don't want to tell you how to think. I don't want to tell you how to be. I don't want to tell you what to do. But I do want to challenge your thinking. And the thinking is this, to think, here's where, we, here's where we've got to start. And I, I touched on this last week, and I'm not going to be redundant. I just want to repeat. We've got to think, am I aligned with the right people? Everything about your next level is based on your alignments. So if you're going to scale your business, if you're going to grow your life, it's all about your next alignments. And one of the things that, you know, everybody, like when they're coming up, every guy's looking for a girlfriend, every girl's looking for a boyfriend because they think, you know, that's what you do, right? I mean, you find somebody that you love. And, 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 and really what you're looking for is, is, is an alignment. And then you put a ring on it and, and you're saying, boy, this is a lifetime alignment. And you're making those decisions when you don't know jack squat. <laughs> like, I don't even know myself, but I want to marry you because I feel better when I'm around you. Truthfully. Like those of us that got married early, like we didn't have a clue, did we? <laughs> buddy, don't say that too loud. Buddy, buddy, who leads our marriage class goes, no. Vicky goes, but we don't know. Like we're so young and we're making a lifetime decision and putting a ring on it. It's so difficult. It's a miracle anybody stays married. Did y'all hear all those amens? It's a God institution. It takes God. A marriage is two funerals and one resurrection. If you ain't dying today in your marriage, you're not really living. So you got to think, and it starts early. We just don't realize it. Like we're looking for friends, alignments. We're looking for a girlfriend or a boyfriend, alignment. We're looking for a spouse, alignment. And here's what I want to challenge you with. Last week I went into it, so I'm not going to go into it this week. I talked about how to find right alignments and, how, and what wrong alignments are. By the way, that's on our website. You can find it at Josh Help Me. They can find the notes where? Live.elevate.life. That's it. So if you want these notes, it's in full detail. In the, and it's on the Uversion app. If you don't know what the Uversion app is, it's the most amazing app in the history of the world. So just check it out. That's how I study is with my Uversion app. I love this. I love the physical Bible. But now everything's digital. So to think aligned with the right people, can I tell you the most important alignment you'll ever have is your alignment with God. Like God, you're God's daughter and you're God's son. And you'll never know you if you don't know him. And so you got to, so, so many of us, we allow our paternal, our natural born, our family of origin to mess up who we are. Because we think, well, and yet you didn't have anything to do with that. You had, no, you had nothing to do with who your dad was. He may not even have wanted you. And yet some people, they go through their whole life and they feel unwanted. And guess what? The bottom line is God used that person to get you here. And if that's all, then that's what you honor. I honor the fact that God used you to get me here and to be a, uh, to be a person that I learned how not to do. Life. Like. 
So don't get hung up on people that brought you into the world and what your relationship is with them. It's good to have healthy relationships. Sometimes you can't do it. I said, sometimes you can't do it. So the right people starts with a relationship with God. That's the first thing, knowing God and learning about God. But then, but then here's what I want to focus on just for a second, and that is being the person that you wish you could meet. Like my, my dear friend Tad Tomaseski is here today. I love you, Tad. All my heart, all my heart, all my soul. Like when I met Tad and I saw the beautiful human being he was, it was like he was like a guy I wanted to be like, and yet I was his mentor. I'm going, no, no, I want to be like you. And the truth is, it's like the people that God brings into your life should make you want to be like them or they're the wrong people. If you're hanging out with somebody that you don't want to be like, you're hanging around with the wrong alignment. Same thing in business. So in other words, right alignment starts with you aligning yourself with God, but then watch this. But the second most important thing about alignment is that you decide to be be the kind of person that you would like to meet. Why? Watch this now, because this is revelational. Whatever you sow is what you reap. So whatever is great about you, is going to help you see the greatness in other people. Whatever's worst about you is going to help you see the worst in other people. Did you get that? So some people aren't ever working on their worst, and so they find these relationships in their life, and they can't figure out why those relationships aren't working. That's because the worst of you is not being dealt with, and you keep attracting what the worst of you is, rather than intentionally saying, I'm going to be the person like I'd like to meet. Who would you like to meet? Like Sheila is, I'm just telling you, she's the most, I'm not just saying this to gush over her, although I can't help it. I can't help it. But the truth is, like, she's the best person I've ever met. And so the fact that I get to do life with her and I see her, like, I just love everything about her. I'm, I'm just telling you, I know it sounds weird, but it's true. Like, 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 just the way she stands and the way she works in the yard. And... And all she, like, yeah, like yesterday, she's out on our patio, which I think looks fine, and she's power washing our patio. Hey, summer's over. Winter's coming. That's the last thing I would think in my mind. Power wash the patio. Let's do that pre-summer. No, we're going into winter. She's out there. I'm just amazed by that. Like, I just go, that's amazing. Like, Like, that's amazing to me. Be the person, decide to be, that you want to meet. Who would you like to meet? I'm not talking about a celebrity. I'm talking about what kind of person would you like to meet? Be that person. It's alignment. It's aligning yourself with who you would like to go through life with. So whatever you sow by being that person is what you reap. Like, I'm not going to start naming names, but there's people in this room right now that are newer in my life that, like, I've been praying for them. Like, I've been praying for them. And I've even told some of them, say, you've been, you've been somebody that I've been praying for. Why? Because you're, you're like the person I've been striving to be that I would like to meet, and now I'm getting to meet you. Alignment. I've told this story mostly in my masterminds, but I want to share it with you guys. 
Um, some of you have heard this, so let me be redundant because remember, the reason we're doing this, this is the last week of this Unstoppable series is because this is my first series back after my heart attack. And so what God dealt with me about was, because I asked him, I said, like, what would you like me to tell the people after my heart attack? And he said, tell them your message about being unstoppable. So today's about the thing be doing, an unstoppable spirit. Because I'm just telling you, 59 and a half, most of y'all know, I suffocated as a little bit, little boy. They pronounced me dead. I was dead for over an hour. I came back to life. This heart attack should have killed me. I'm here. I'm qualified now to talk about being unstoppable. I mean, I just am. So not, not because of me, but because of him. Like he's kept me alive for a reason. When the doctor's going, you should have died, you should have died. Okay, I've heard that enough. 100% blockage. And then Randy Couture. Some of you don't even know who Randy Couture is, but champion MMA fighter, this last week, gets rushed to the hospital for a heart attack. And they said, it's the weirdest thing. He's got some kind of thick blood deal like Sherpa blood. Anyway, I guess I should have been in the MMA. But it's the first time I've ever heard somebody that had this, not a heart issue, but a blood issue. So anyway, all that to say that some of you may have heard this story, but let me be redundant. Uh, so, so I'm 15 years old. I'm listening to Zig Ziglar. I'm listening to Zig Ziglar on, on an album, on an LP. And as I'm listening on this album, on this LP, I'm, he's like resonating with me. Now, I don't want to get too deep into this, but I've been, I've been raised in church. No preacher had ever resonated with me like, like, like Zig Ziglar. Why would his voice resonate with me? Yes, he was a believer. Yes, he talked about success and principles and, and would later write a book called Success for Dummies, which I got. And many bestsellers, see you at the top, see you over the top, on and on I could go. And so, uh, so I listened to him as a teenager on LP, and then I got the cassettes, and then I read the books. And then when I was 32, 17 years later, my brother said, I've got a birthday present for you, and don't ask me any questions. We went to the then reunion arena, and out walks on the stage Zig Ziglar. He was there that day with the President of the United States. He was at Troy Aikman, I think in 1992, somewhere around that time, the Cowboys had won a Super Bowl. So Aikman was there, um, uh, General Schwarzkopf was there, a lot of people like that were there speaking at this event. And so I, I remember sitting there and my brother said, hey, I've got another surprise for you. Because I was like, oh, this is awesome. And he said, we, we're having lunch with Zig Ziglar. I went, that's amazing. And then we show up and so are 500 other people. <laughs> I thought, oh. <laughs> what I actually said is, oh, crap. That's what I said, oh, crap. Well, anyway, sorry. Uh, but anyway, that's what I said. But I said, oh, I'm glad, though. That's great. So my brother, who was older than me, was working for me. So I said, so this is before the, the, the meal. So I said to him, I said, go ask Zig. Tell him I'd like to do lunch with him. My brother goes, he's not going to have lunch with you. I said, go ask him. He goes, I'm just telling you he's not going to have lunch. Now, I paid my brother's, you know, he's worked for me. And he's my older brother. So I said, look, go ask him. He goes, okay. So he goes over there, and I see him pointing at me, kind of laughing, and Zig looking over at me. And so my brother walks back up. I told you. He, he, I asked, I said, well, he ain't going to have lunch with you. I said, well, what did he say? He said, like, I was telling him, you know, who you were and all that, and that you wanted to have lunch with him. And here's, I said, what did he say? He goes, he looked at me and said, well, thank you, but tell him that's probably not in the ballpark. So my brother said, he ain't going to have lunch with you. I said, that's okay. I said, because someday he's going to have lunch with me. Fast forward to eight years. I'm 40 years old. I was invited to speak at Reunion Arena. 
and I walk in the green room and it's Zig Ziglar. And now I'm 40 years old, this is eight years later. I said, hi, Mr. Ziglar. He goes, hello. I introduced myself to him. And I said, man, I've listened to all your LPs and your cassette tapes and I've always wanted to meet you. And he goes, why don't we do lunch together? <laughs> I said, why don't we? I text my brother and I said, you'll never believe who I'm having lunch with. He goes, who? And I said, Zig Ziglar. He goes, you are not, you liar. I said, I said, no, it's really true. Over the next 13 years, I did 30 events a year where Zig Ziglar was a part of those events. We had lunch, dinner, supper, breakfast. My team went over to his house, recorded him, uh, told his story. And then at the end of his life, after he had a stroke, the organization that I was with asked me, because he would lose his train of thought, they said, we want to do a last tour with him, and when his, when his daughter is not able to be there, would you be on stage with him, And because you know his message so well, and if he gets stuck or lost, then can you help him get his message out? So I spent the, the last, that last year helping Zig get his message out, and wh why am I telling you this? because alignment matters. Now listen very carefully to what I'm gonna tell you, okay? Listen very carefully, because some of you are gonna get this and some of you aren't. Whoever you resonate with, it don't matter if it's Kanye, it don't matter who it is, whoever you resonate with, there is, in other words, your heart beats towards their heart. You gotta understand something. It's up to you to do what you can to make whatever needs to happen, happen. It doesn't matter how famous they are. It doesn't, you know why? Because they don't have to want to meet you. You're the one that has to want to meet them. They don't have to care about getting with you, but you have to care. So I'm talking about business. I'm talking about personal relationships. Listen, this one's sitting right here. I pursued her like a hound. She didn't necessarily want me. That's the truth. It's like she could have taken me or leave, left me. I mean, she broke up with me over and over and over. It's like, okay, listen, how hard am I going to have to work? But I knew what I wanted. And I got, I got you, baby. I pursued and hooked, wrapped you in my arms, pulled you into the boat, and then said, now... Let's go fishing together. Here's my point. Listen very carefully. Nobody that you resonate with is off limits to your future. Alignment. Everybody say alignment. It's more important than any assignment you'll ever have. And your alignments will determine your next assignment. Okay, enough about that. Everybody say think alignment. Here's, here's the second thing, be in the right place. We talked about this last week. Be in the right place where the right people are. Like if you want to be a millionaire, you better find out where some millionaires are and go hang with them. Don't, don't just want to be a millionaire. You got to get in the room. Now, I know I'm talking just real life stuff and this seems unspiritual. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. You got to be in the right place with the right people. But it starts with the right people in the right place. And it's not about being a millionaire. I'm just throwing that out. You can't be in a room with people that are making what you make. If you want to make more, you got to get in a room that thinks better. And again, that's why we do masterminds. That's why I coach people. Why? Because we're in those rooms. We create those rooms. And the reason for that is because, listen, I can't determine what's in your heart. Nobody can pay the price that only you can pay to be who you want to be. 
So you've got to think alignment. You've got to be in the right place. The, the house of God, listen very carefully to me. The house of God is the right place to be every week in your life. It is the one time where you get with the, the right people in the right place. And I know it's a sacrifice, especially if you've got little kids. It's a sacrifice. Thank you. But they need to be in the house of God. They need to know you value the house of God. And then you got to do the right time. So when you get with the right people, help me, when you get in this order with the right people in the right place at the right, the right things in your life, 100% every time. Right people, right place, right time, in that order. There is no right time in your life without the right place and without the right people. There is no right place without the people in your life. God intended for us to do community together. That's what makes the church so important. His own disciples went to him and said, Lord, teach us, not me, teach us to pray. And so here's how God taught us to pray. This is God's pattern prayer. It starts with, my Father who art in heaven. Is that right? No. It starts with, when Jesus said, here's how you pray, pray our Father who art in heaven. What, what's he saying? Don't just pray by yourself. If any two of you, Matthew 18 said, Jesus' own words in red, if any two of you agree is touching anything on earth, my Father in heaven will do it. So we gotta get an our mentality. We gotta get a right people mentality. We gotta get a we mentality, not a me mentality. Somebody say amen. Okay, so, so listen very carefully. We gotta think right alignment, we gotta be in the right place, we gotta do it the right time. Pastor Sheila is driving along, and she's, I don't remember you ever doing this. She goes, read this on my phone. My first thought was, well, I'm glad, I guess she's asking me to read it while she's driving, but I had my own thing I was reading. She goes, here, read this. I go, okay. A 23-year-old woman in Arkansas lost her father four years ago but she continued to text his phone every day to update him about her life. She never got a response from the, from the number until this week. Like she did every day, Chastity Patterson of Newport texts her father's number on Thursday, the night before the fourth anniversary of his death. In her text, Patterson recapped all the highs and lows she had gone through over the past four years without her father by her side. She talked about how she had beaten cancer and how, how she had been taking better care of herself like she promised her father she would do. For the last four years, she talked about how she finished college and graduated with honors and how she'd fallen in love and had her heart broken. And she said, and by the way, you would have killed him. I know what that's like as a father. I'm sorry I wasn't there when you needed me the most, she said. But one day we'll get a chance to watch that game, she wrote in her last text. This week, Patterson received a response from a man who'd been receiving her daily messages for four years. My name is Brad. There's no way you would have known this, but I lost my daughter in a car wreck. Your messages in the last four years have kept me alive. When you text me, I know it's a message from God. I've listened to you for four years and I've watched you grow more than anyone. I've wanted to text you back, but I didn't want to break your heart. He said he wished his daughter would have become the woman Patterson was. I'm sorry you have to go through this, 
But if it makes it any better, I'm very proud of you. P.S. I think your father would be happy to know you bought another dog instead of having a child. <laughs> Patterson posted the exchange to her Facebook, and here's what she said. Today was my sign that everything is okay and I can let him rest. It has since gone viral. In a later post, Patterson revealed that the loved one that she had lost, listen very carefully now, Jason Liggins was not her biological father, but she called him dad. In other words, he was a father of choice. Her father wasn't there for her, but this man was. Jason was not my biological father, she said, but blood could not make him any closer. He never missed a school dance, prom, my games, and yes, he would give me long talks about my mouth and my attitude. I'd, I had to introduce all my boyfriends to him, and he would act like a normal dad and give his long talk. I shared my messages for my friends and family to see that there is a God and it might take four years, but he shows up right on time. Now I'm going to speak a word to you. Listen very carefully. Some of you have just stepped in to the best, most right time of your life. Get ready. I say get ready. Because when you get with the right people in the right place, at the right time, the right things always happen. Here's the last thing. The last thing. Think alignment, be in the right place, do the right time, and this is the last thing, have the right things. Everybody lift up your hands and say, I will have, I will have, I will have the right things that God has for me in my life. Put an amen on that. Now listen to this. Wisest man that ever lived, Solomon, wrote these words. I've observed something the fastest runner doesn't always win the race. The strongest warrior doesn't always win the battle. The wise sometimes goes hungry, and the skillful are not necessarily the wealthiest. Just because you got skilled doesn't mean you're going to get wealthy. And those who are educated do not always leave successful lives. This is the Bible. It is all decided by chance slash opportunities and being in the right place at the right time. That's the word of God. So in other words, the race doesn't go to the fastest runner. Success doesn't come to the best businessman. Wealth doesn't come to the smartest person, but watch this. The Bible says in the real 9-11, which is Ecclesiastes 9-11, time and chance happens to everybody. Here's what I'm prophesying over you. Your time is now, and you've got new chances that are coming your way. I've already told you that by the end of the year, 
October, November, and December already are setting things in motion for what God's going to do in your life in 2020. Come on, put an amen on that. God, God is aligning some of you. He's bringing new alignments into your life. If it hadn't happened yet, start praying for it. Say, God, I'm believing for new alignments. Why don't you go ahead and pray that prayer right now? God, you know what my life is. You have a great future for my life, so I'm going to have what you say I can have. So bring the right people into my life. Bring me to the right places in my life. Come on, God, make your timing right in my life because the right things are going to happen in my life. You see, you got to get your words right. You got to say that over yourself. I'm going to meet the right people. I'm going to be in the right places. It's going to be the right time and the right things are going to happen for Keith Craft, for Sheila Craft, for Josh Craft, for Keila, for Whitney, for my family, for my family of choice, which is you. That's what I'm praying over you. That's what I'm speaking over you. That's what I'm believing for you. I'm almost through. This is it. Y'all got a second? Where are you going, son? Y'all listen to me. I'm joking. He's coming up here with me. Can I share one thing with you? I know I've gone a little bit long, but let me finish because it's going to be the last time I preach. Maybe in my life. Because this next message I'm going to tell you is what happened when I was in the hospital. I'm laying there in this bed. The, the one they're going to put on the screen. Oh, there it is. Isn't that a beautiful picture? That's what you want to be. That's where you want to be right there. No, I didn't. And I'm laying there. The next picture is they were about to rush me into surgery. And Sheila said, hey, let me take a picture for the kids. <laughs> okay. So I eventually gave him an I love you sign. The next picture was them rushing me down the hall to surgery. The next picture was the day I walked out of ICU two days later on Father's Day. And Whitney grabs me and she's crying. The next picture is us all in bed together. By the way, some of y'all have kids and you put your kids in your bed. That never changes. If you're, if you're that kind of person, you're going to be an adult going, y'all come get in bed with me. Come on. This morning, the last thing little Layla Shayla said, we're watching Layla and Livy this week. And last thing Layla Shayla said, tell Pop, Papa Gorilla I want to come snuggle with him in bed. Uh, so this is, the first, this is the first thing we got home. This is me laying there. That's Keela's head on my chest. That's Josh on his phone. I love you, son. That's Whitney over there on her mom's lap, and that's precious. Next picture. It's hard to explain this picture for me. Because it's the first time I went out to eat with my family after my heart attack. And I heard Josh on the phone handling stuff that I would normally handle. He said, Dad, I want you to rest. I've got this. The doctor told you to rest. So he's talking. And I walked over to him. I just put my head on his shoulder. And I 
was thinking, thank you, God, for a son that can handle this weight. And I was praying for him, but also resting in him, like I was pressing in him. It's hard to describe it. I don't even know which one of my family took that picture, but that's me on Josh's shoulder and the look of, on his face like, oh, dear God, I hope I can do this. I mean, that's, <laughs> this, is, this is some serious stuff, man. Then the next picture, this is the day we walked out of the hospital. And this last one is where I want to stay the rest of my life in between Keela and Whitney kissing all over me with their mother taking a picture going, y'all, please help him, kiss him, make him well. The reason I share this with you is because in the hospital, I was laying there and I thought, what would be the last message I would give to my kids? Like if this really was the last message, what would I say? And I encourage you, if you've got older children, especially start thinking about that because 100%, I I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news today, but everybody here is going to die. Even if you're a Christian, you're going to die. So I decided to give him my last message, and I called him from the hospital room from that bed. And here's what I told him. This is what I want to leave you with today. This is so unspiritual, y'all, but it's so spiritual. I said, I really want y'all to listen to what I'm saying, and I want you to write it down. Because none of us know what the future is, so this is what I want you to know. Number one, I want you to know what you want in your life. Do you know that most people get more of what they don't want rather than what they want? And part of the reason for that is because they never decide what is it they want. You know what happens to people? They stop believing that what they want can happen because life happens. All of a sudden, you just chuck your dreams. It's not working. I I want that, but I can't have that. No, no, no. So I tell my kids, this is my last message to you. Know what you want. Decide what you want. So Brogan boys, listen to me. Y'all ain't normal. Like you weren't, like all these people they're raising like normal type families. Y'all are not normal. So you can't want what normal kids want. Because if you do, you're going to be very disappointed. You know what you got to want? Because of the DNA that's in your family, you guys got to want something higher and want something more. God's made us all to want more. But we got to want beyond normal, especially y'all. My kids the same way. Your wants are going to be different than other people. You know why? Because we're kingdom people. And so, so I said, you got to know what you want. I said, here's the second thing. You got to know the who's in your life that can help you achieve the who you want to be. Because you've got to, if whatever you want, watch this, you got to be the person that deserves that. If I wanted Sheila, I had to level up. If I wanted to get to do life with her, I'd decide, I'd decide I'm, I gotta, I gotta be worthy of that. But also it's being that person, that who, but then picking the who's in your life based on what you want. Listen to me. Don't settle for who's that want something different than you. Young people, listen to me. I said it last week and I want to say it again. Don't marry people who don't want the same thing you want. It doesn't work. I don't care how much you think you love them. Your wants have got to be similar. Otherwise, you're going to be miserable. I'm just telling you. And most people get divorced because they live together long enough that they realize they wanted different things. But if they'd mind their soul, they always wanted something different. They just settled for what they got. Just listen. 
All the married people say amen. All the divorced people say amen. What I'm saying is true. So I said, here's the third thing. You got to know what you're good at. What are you good at? This is, what I was, this is my last message to my kids. This is my last message to you. Unless God gives me another time. Know what you're good at and bring it. Know what you, that's, what I, that's why I wrote this book. That's why we put this whole package together to teach you about your 1%. Your one, 99% of our DNA is all the same. There's only a 1% difference that separates everybody that ever has been born and everybody that ever will be born. Your 1% is your X factor for success. My passion in life, my calling in life is to help people discover their 1%. And then on top of that, get monetized for it. So in other words, if you'll, if you'll know what you're good at, you can actually be paid for it. People stop doing in their marriage what they're good at because they project what they're good at on their spouse that's not as good as them at what they're good at. And all of a sudden they start getting frustrated because you're not doing that. That's because God puts you in this marriage to make this marriage work because that's what you can do. You gotta do what you can do. It's the same thing in your job right now. Don't be focused on what you're paid for. Don't be focused on how people value you. You just know what you're good at and be good at that. You know what I'm good at? I'm good at encouraging people. So I get the privilege of being on this stage, not to preach to you, but to encourage your life, to speak into your life. And I'm paid to do it because you can do it. That's what God's anointing me to do, to speak strength into your life. I've got to be strong to do that. Why do you think the devil attacked me in my strength? Because he wants to stop me. God wants to stop, or God, God wants you to operate in what you're good at, which he's given you gifts to do that, but the enemy of your soul wants you to stop in your marriage doing what you're good at because you're not getting it back. Every time I get excited now, people get concerned about my heart. Don't worry. I'm good. I'm good. I'm getting a blood draw next week. This thick, superhuman blood I've got is gonna flow right. My heart's gonna respond in the name of Jesus. And until I take my last breath, I'm gonna keep doing what I'm good at. And you do it too. Don't let discouragement, don't let what other people say, don't let what other people's devaluing of you keep you from being what you're good at. Be good at what you're good at. And someday, you might just get paid for it. And then here's the last thing. This is my message, last message to my kids. Know what doesn't work about you. Pastor Sheila and I have got some people that are our age. That like they, in their life, you get to see it when you live long enough. It's like that person has never figured out what doesn't work about them that's caused a problem everywhere they've ever been. And they think it's about that person or what they did. No, you've never dealt with what doesn't work about you. And what doesn't work about you will mess up your marriage. It'll mess up your business. It'll mess up your life. It'll mess up your potential. So my last message to my kids is... Know what doesn't work about you and fix it. Amen. Fix it. By the way, when you're aligned with God,
He helps you fix it. But it doesn't just happen. It's a lot of hard work. You know, I was 15. I was 6'3". I weighed 165 pounds. Today, I'm 6'6". I weigh 270 pounds. This did not just happen. This is a lot of years. Jason, Steve Weatherford is you and my friend. I send him pictures all the time. I said, this is you in 20 years. He goes, I'm chasing you, man. Chasing you. Why? Because guess what? I've decided what I'm good at, and I'm going to keep being good at it. And with Sheila's help and God's help and all my children and the people that I listen to in my life, I'm going to know what doesn't work with me, and I'm going to stop it with God's help. Let's pray. You're in this room, Holy Spirit. If you're here, listen, every head's bowed, every eye's closed. I'm going to dismiss you in just a second, but hold steady just a second. If you're here and you say, maybe you know or maybe you don't know what's not working for you. But I can tell you what you need is that song we sang a few minutes ago. You need more of God. And if you're here and you say, my life is not right with God, and I want to get it right with God, that's where it starts. That's where your right alignment starts. And then God can begin to work and bring other people, the right people in your life, in the right place at the right time so the right things can happen. I'm just telling you, we have a chance in this season. We have a chance in 2019 to go into 2020 with more momentum than ever before with just a few little shifts that we say, God, I don't want my way, I want your way. And let me tell you what doesn't work about you. It's your way, your way in your marriage, your way in your business, your way in your finances. God's way works, and that's what we need to fix first. And if you're here and you say, I need to get my life right on the count of three, slip up your hand. One, two, three, slip it up real quick. Come on, all this place. I need to get some things right between me and God just today, just I want it fixed today. You can put your hands down. Everybody pray this prayer with me. Come on, say it with me out loud. Say, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me. Come on, everybody pray it. Say, thank you for loving me. Thank you for your word. God, I want your word to change me from the inside out. I don't want my way. Come on, tell God that. Say, I don't want my way. God, I want your way. I give you my life. I give you my past, the parts of me that don't work. And God, help me to know what I'm good at and empower me to do that to every person, in every place, every time, wherever I go. Thank you for loving me. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to our channel on iTunes and YouTube. That way, you know when a new sermon has been uploaded. Also, if this message has impacted you and you want to contribute to help us reach more people, feel free to go to elevate.life forward slash give. We look forward to seeing you here next time.